ga lớn Ông hết lộn, ông hết nữa Đứng cúc lộn, bắt đầu đây Well, so let's move on to the final part of the show. So I finish every episode with the same questions. Now these, every season the questions change, but this is actually the same questions as season four because that was just a short five-episode season. But because the podcast is now a Vietnam podcast, these questions have slightly changed. Okay, so the first question is a little bit Vietnam-centric, uh, sorry, Saigon-centric, but then we're going to expand it to Vietnam. So there's over 7 million bikes in Saigon, which actually is not true. So for anyone who's been listening since the beginning, the name of the podcast is 7 million bikes because when I started in May 2019, there was like 7 million, 300,000 bikes or something like that. Mm. And just randomly came to me, 7 million bikes, that's a good name. But they were adding like 50,000 more bikes a month or something crazy like that. And I've had since the beginning of the podcast and the beginning of 7 million bikes, I've had people ask me, what are you going to do when there's more than 8 million? And I'm like, well, the name's going to stay the same. It's not going to change every time it goes up. But recently I read an article and it is now over 8 million bikes oh. in Saigon. And there's only like 10 million people here. Yeah, cheers. This is registered bikes. Yeah. See a baby riding a bike. Yeah, no, which Driving. wouldn't really surprise you in Saigon, would it? Be like, no. oh, yeah, totally normal. Totally. Yeah. Last night on the way home, saw someone driving an SUV down the Hanoi Highway with a young child, five years old. Standing out the sunroof, mm-hmm. like in a movie. Yeah, they love it. I was like my wife and I, were like, what are yeah, you doing? Doesn't matter. Insane, right? Insane. They're also just like lifting them up with their ankles. So. so the question is, with over eight million bikes in Saigon now, and as we know, traffic laws are more of a, a guideline here. Often, what's an unwritten road rule that you couldn't live without? Um. So I like that you can carry anything that you want on your bike so like if you have to move if for example i had a new, I purchased a new bed i can put a bed on a motorbike and no one cares so this is funny you brought this up because the last time i was in the location that we're in so i'm not going to tell people where we are mm-hmm. um did a podcast the last season and the person i was interviewing said the name of like where i lived and i was had to cut i was like no no i don't tell people <laughs> my address on the podcast yeah. but um where we are right now uh on my way home i bought like a big stool because it was a sale at the furniture store and it's like this really nice big stool and so i strapped it to the they strapped it to the back of my bike with like sellotape it was terrible such a horrible job and i had my guitar as well so i had my guitar over the front and the stool over the oh. back and i only lived like 10 minutes from here but it was a nightmare coming back. And as I got back to my apartment, I had to go over speed bumps and it kind of fell off the back a bit, but it was still strapped. Mm. Now, my wife listens to my podcast. So when you listen to this, Adrian, what happened was it fell off the back and the bit underneath got ripped because it was like hit the back of the bike and like ripped through the material. But it's a bit that like faces the floor so you can't see it. So there's a big hole in it. But I never showed my wife. So, Adrian, when you listen to this, go and get that stool that we bought, turn it upside down, and you'll see a big hole um, that happened when I brought it home on the back of my bike. But you never notice. You don't, it's, it's, it's cosmetic, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. It doesn't influence any way, shape, you or form. You went to Marshall's. Marshall's, I still love that stool <laughs> when I lived in America. You know, I also like the, um, have you ever seen the motorbikes that do the balloons? Like, they carry balloons, like... Just kids' balloons, like party balloons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Did you ever play Mario Kart, the Versus? Not really. I wasn't a big video game. No. Yeah, kid. 
Yeah, for anyone listening who plays Mario Kart and the versus one, it's when you have the three balloons and you battle each other out, but that's what it looks like. <laughs> it's Mario Kart's right around. Yeah, the one is the goldfish. Have you seen that? They've got the fish all over the bait. The fish in oh, the bag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good mm-hmm. one. That's another one as well, it's right? A carnival game. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, actually, if I was going to do some humor, I would say walk on the wild side. <laughs> but no, um, you know, I mean, uh, I think that people mainly should anticipate more when they drive, mm-hmm. you know. But I could say that, you know, for every country. <laughs> you know? It's true. I, um, it's actually funny you said that because literally on the way here, there was a guy in front of me. And you do really get good at just watching people. Like I could see his head kind of like looking and I was like, okay, he's going to do something, but I don't know what. So I slowed down because I was like, I don't know. Is he going left? Is he going right? He's so not I'm going to give you an advice. Go on. Watch the wheel. Watch the wheel. The right. wheel. Yeah, there you go. All right. There's advice for everyone. Watch the wheel. The wheel of the car yeah, or the yeah. wheel of the motorbike. See, I watch the, I mostly watch the kind of head, the body language. Like what, what are they going to do? Watch the wheel. That's a good one. Oh, definitely keep it cute and call a grab. I don't drive um, and that there's no rules. So I guess the two written rule, unwritten rules are one, there are no rules. So stay alert and two, call a grab because I don't <laughs> drive here at all. Um, yeah, I just call a chauffeur for a dollar. I think it's sometimes well, more often than not scarier being on the back of a grab. I drive myself, but so I've got more confidence in my own driving than uh, someone else's more, more more times than not. Yeah, my driving so bad that yeah, anyone could drive me, and I feel like they have my life in their hands better. But I do want to learn. There's a guy across from me who said he would teach me. He's a motor, like has a motorbike shop, and it's not. It's very slow here, so it is a good place to learn. And I can just kind of go, maybe not the roundabouts and things on the city side, but I definitely want to learn before I leave. I'm just scared. You should do it. Do it. Do it. Assume nothing, expect everything. <laughs> that's, that's great advice. You might be, you know, on a dual carriageway, you think you're sailing along safely, and suddenly you find yourself inexplicably on a roundabout with a, a guy selling lottery tickets from his wheelchair going the wrong way around the roundabout, and you have to, uh, you know, adapt your path for that. And, yeah, assume assume nothing, expect everything. No, yeah, that's great advice. You put it succinctly. And that is, that is how I drive. You, you're just constantly scanning the road going, what could happen right now? I have to be aware of everything that's going on right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I remember sitting uh, a kind of computer-based hazard perception driving test in the UK. And uh, you had to kind of see the hazards emerging and you had to press on the screen to say when you thought something could be dangerous or become dangerous. And I think I couldn't take that test now because, you know, I'd be going, well, hang on, there's a building there and someone could throw something from a balcony to the street. You know, there's a guy walking along the thing. He could just decide to turn around whilst carrying, you know, a 15 foot uh, pole and, and take out most of the passing traffic, you know, really is exciting. I absolutely love driving in the city because it is never boring. <laughs> it is always interesting. And frankly, it's always quite funny. Yeah. For anyone who lives here or has lived here, you obviously can relate and know exactly what we're talking about. For anyone who who hasn't had the fortune to be here, it is so insane that there's a six-lane highway that I drive down, the Hanoi Highway, 
people cross the road, like walk across a six lane highway. Yeah. Like children, like school children in uniforms. And you're like, this was in the UK or the West and you were going down a highway and someone was crossing the road. Your head would explode. Yeah. And what I love is that, you know, one of the kind of unwritten rules here is that if you are crossing a road, whether it's a small street or a six lane highway, you're kind of expected not to run. If you run, you're kind of unpredictable and people can't see you and they can't adjust to go around you. So you have to kind of saunter out like you're very relaxed and just kind of meander across the road. And that really does take some inner steel to master that the first few times. You can see videos on YouTube of people doing it. If you you don't live here and don't know what we're talking about, go on YouTube, you see plenty of videos. And you have the right of way, basically, if you're the one that's walking. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. So, shout out to the pedestrians. Always, always look 360 when you're walking on the sidewalk. And then for the motorists, master the art of driving on the sidewalks because the traffic is horrible. (laughs) That is a good one. I've always thought about, I've never put this joke into my stand-up, but Vietnam's one of the only countries where you have to look both ways on a one-way road. Yeah. (laughs) It's so bad. Like if you're crossing the street, you can't flinch or hesitate or else somebody will hit you. You just have to trust that they're like um, skilled enough to kind of swerve around your body as you're walking. I figured out not long after I got here, it's basically like running water. It's a flowing river. (laughs) And just let it flow around you and you'll be fine, right? Running a red light when it's safe. That's that's it. That that actually might be my favorite as well. Like just if it's safe, <laughs> if if it's safe to do, just you can go through it, right? So yeah, I'll agree with that one. Oh wow. That's a tough one. Like I told you, it's a tough one, but you want to turn towards your right. And if you look in front of you. Bikes that are going front are still on your lane. That should be your lane to turn to the right. And you're wondering, I'll be blowing my horn like, get out. This is not your place. Move in. Like, sometimes I'll be screaming in Vietnamese, (laughs) move this bike in. Don't stay here. It's not your lane. It's for the people turning right. And then you see them standing in front of them and like, you look back towards you like what is wrong with this guy I mean I like to think I'm a pretty mellow chilled out guy not much gets me angry but I think there's a special place in hell reserved for people who sit in the right hand turning lane when you want to turn right it's like what are you doing just move just move like half a meter to the left wait for the light why are you blocking I don't see him getting angry already pisses me off (laughs) and the the second thing I, I really really Oh man, I really don't know what to do to those people. Uh, the people that they, they're driving at high speed, they don't even look who's coming behind them. In the middle of the road, they just... Oh, oh. Yeah. That's disgusting. I haven't seen that in a long time, actually. Now you've reminded me. Uh, I've never... I've, I've nearly caught it on the leg, but I, I haven't actually caught it. Caught it on my face one. On your face? Oh. It was disgusting. It was one of the... That was one of the most disgusting things I've ever had to deal with on the road. 
Yeah. I mean, like, I wish that there's a rule or something. There's a law that if you speed, you, can you just park your bike? But it's roadside, you can speed and then you move on. Why at a high speed? Why do you even have to do that? You don't even consider the people that are coming behind you. You don't even, oh no, that's so inconsiderate. Yeah, that, that, I'd forgotten about that one. That's a bad one. As you can get a sense from us talking, the the, the traffic in Vietnam can bring up a lot of frustration. There are so many experiences. I just I'm just speaking out few, but there are so many that so disgusting. We could do a whole episode on that. Do a whole episode. We'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, red lights basically mean check check both ways. To, to make sure no cars are coming, then go. Oh, I love that rule. It's such a time-efficient rule where, like, you know, just, okay, well, how much I got? 50 seconds for this red light? Ah, fuck that. I'll look to my left, look to my right. Nobody's coming. I'll just drive on through. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a victimless crime, you know? It's, it makes so much sense. I mean, when I went back home, it was just so frustrating. You're sitting, it was like midnight, and yeah. the light's red. And there's no car, and like literally a no mile, ten mile yeah. radius, and you yeah. just have to sit at this red light, and you, you probably would never get caught, right. never, but you could probably do it. Because we just we just follow this rule that we're just going to sit here at this red light for sixty seconds and just wait until it changes, and then I can yeah. go. Nah, if if you're not going to hit that intersection in five seconds, that's that's a green light to me. Then, like, if I see a car coming, it's like, yeah, they're not going to get there in time, and I'll, I'll just take off. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of my favorites as well. Uh, I think it has to be the one where like um, you just keep walking on, and hopefully the and hopefully there's an understanding between you and and, and the drivers. You know, you just you know they they they'll, they'll make way for you. At the same time, you make way for them. You know, it's just uh, it's still like a social. It's like the, the ultimate social contract uh, uh, living in Saigon. I would say trust no one. That's my number one rule. Trust no one. I myself, whenever I turn right, turn left, uh, change the lane, whatever, I look three times, four times to be super sure. And then I go. And um, really like, you cannot predict what... The bike. Expect the unexpected, yeah. right? Expect the unexpected, exactly. And whatever, all the things I've learned for my Swiss driver's license, it's like gone. I cannot use it here in Vietnam because they're different rules. Do you get worried? I get worried about going back home and driving and and then driving like a Vietnamese person or like a, driving like you do in Vietnam. Yes, I ask myself that question too. Like, will I be able to drive because you've forgotten, you've forgotten all these rules of the road that they just don't. But I've just remembered the other thing that drove me crazy last week. You never. This is the first time I've seen this in five years. Same thing, Saigon Bridge, going over the Saigon Bridge, and I'm like you said, I always check several times. I feel like it helps keep me really safe. Just make sure you look over your shoulder before you do anything. So I was just moving over. I wasn't even moving lane, but I was moving over a little bit. So I looked over my shoulder to make sure it was okay. And this guy was driving right up behind me. With no hands. Yeah. I'd never seen that before. It wasn't no. holding the, the, the steering wheel. It was just driving. I've never seen that. No. My first time as well. And I was like, what? And so I moved out of the way. And he even gave me a, an apologetic wave, which I've never had either as well. So he knew. He was like, 
in wow. the wrong. But yeah, I've never seen it. Someone driving without holding onto the bike. Like, you know, you see people do it with like a mountain bike, you know, like they can drive without holding the first time I've seen it on a bike. So There's lots of crazy things that you can see on Vietnamese roads. I'm going to start a new podcast and we're just going to just gonna talk about this because we're talking too much. I said we're not going to talk much about it. See how angry I get? I get yeah, you like, get you, like wound up. But at the same time, you love it as well because it's so fun and exciting. So anyway, next question. So I haven't really... So I learned to drive the motorbike last week in Fukuok. So I can't really say I, I'm like a professional biker here in Saigon. But as I've just been on grab bike, like for me, it's just like, oh, I don't know, like... I have no rule. I just like, just survive. I don't know. I have really no rule. <laughs> just don't die. That's a great one. That is a great one. We'll take that. Yeah. That's a good one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're like me, you may use your laptop at places where you have to use public Wi-Fi. This opens you up to digital snoopers. It's a massive problem. It can be your internet service provider, or you know who, looking at what you do online, or a cyber criminal trying to steal your bank passwords or credit card info, or even a hacker at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. These days, it is vital that you keep your data safe. NordVPN keeps all of these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites that are fishing for your data, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. And it's easy to use, even I could use it. I've actually been using NordVPN for years now here in Vietnam, and I'm excited to be an affiliate partner with them. I've used NordVPN to watch Netflix, BBC, Disney Plus with ease. And I also know that my information and data are safe from prying eyes, whoever they may be. Join now and you'll get 68% off and three months free when you go to my link, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. Just again, for those hard of hearing, nordvpn.com forward slash SMB. The link is also in the show notes. I know nobody checks them out, but go check that out and you can get the link from wherever you are listening to this podcast. As an affiliate partner, it also means that I will get a small commission when you sign up, but at no extra cost to you. So not only will you be getting a great deal through 7 Million Bikes, you get a great VPN and you'll be supporting 7 Million Bikes podcast. Stay safe online and enjoy the shows you love. Any questions, just let me know. You know how to get in touch with me. And thanks for listening to this show. Cheers. <laughs>